When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey, all you cool cats and kittens. It's Carol Baskin, and I am on the Hollywood Raw podcast, where we're going to talk about all things Tiger King, TikTok, and getting to the truth of the matter. Hey, everybody, it's Tony Robbins. Hey, guys, I'm Audrina Patrick. Hey, this is Adam Carolla. You're on the Hollywood Raw podcast. You're watching Hollywood Raw. You're listening to and watching Hollywood Raw. This is the Hollywood Raw podcast, hosted by entertainment veteran Dax Holt and street journalist Adam Glynn. The podcast humanizing Hollywood, from celebrities to media moguls, even paparazzi and bodyguards have come to break news, break their silence, or just have a great conversation on Hollywood Raw. If they're on Hollywood Raw, there's a reason. From Page Six to TMZ, Daily Mail, and People Magazine, everyone is talking about the Hollywood Raw podcast with Dax Holt and Adam Glenn. Dax, I'm excited for today's podcast. We have uh, a person who at the start of the pandemic, everyone was talking about probably maybe one of the biggest stars uh, during the pandemic to come out of the pandemic. Uh, Carol Baskin from Tiger King is on the show. Okay, you you know me and you know my wife pretty well. She doesn't get excited over celebs. I've been doing celebrity news for many, many, many years. I've interviewed some of the biggest names in Hollywood. Every time I tell her name, she's like, okay, cool. I told her we have Carol Baskin coming on. She was like, where do I listen to this episode? <laughs> it's such like a fun, funny, sort of random, but like interesting name. I don't know. It's... Dude, people, people are fascinated with her. They're fascinated with Tiger King. They're fascinated with kind of just a little bit of everything because that show was such a wild, like, I mean, it was a train wreck and you're just watching it as it's going down, you know, and. No offense, Carol. I know you're coming on, but I don't. I don't think she was, uh, you know, a, a big fan of the show. So I'll, I want to ask her about that. I want to see how much her life changed now that she's crazy famous. We got some fun games to play with her. I want to play this new one. We've got TikTok videos, famous TikTok videos that have gone super viral that include either her or Joe Exotic or something that has to do with Tiger King. I want to play them for her and get her reaction. I think that would be really fun. So uh, obviously we're going to get into Tiger King more. Dax, what are you currently watching? Are you watching any shows? Are you binging on? Uh, we watched Squid Game. You like Squid Games, or was it the did the did it live up to the hype? It, it was good. It was it was interesting. It was pretty violent, um, you know. But I I enjoyed it. I think I enjoyed it because it's one of those things everyone's talking about. So you're in on all the jokes and in on all the memes going around social media. So I think that's why sometimes I just enjoy a show because I'm, I feel like I'm a part of the crowd. Was it that amazing? Were you blown away by it? Like some people say they are. No, it was, I mean, it's hunger games, like two, 2.0, you know what I'm saying? It's like people killing each other to, to win a game at the end of the day. So no, I mean, I think they had some really good visuals. I think whoever was like the set designer or the cinematographer, or whoever does all that stuff did a really good job because the visuals were amazing on the show. Um, and I think that'll be obviously a huge Halloween kind of thing. Mm -hmm. um, but no, I, it, it kept me interested. Again, I don't think 
too in depth with a lot of these shows. I watch movies, I watch TV shows, and then I leave and I go, okay, that entertained me for that period of time that I need to be <laughs> yeah. entertained. I, I'm no Siskel and Ebert here, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, uh, I'm watching, I, well, I just finished watching Clickbait, um, which oh, is on Netflix. Good. That was great. You watch Clickbait? I watch Clickbait. Dude, that was great. The I don't want to, if you're listening and you haven't li- watched it, I just think the writing on the show was really good where like the ending is just wow. And I, I was just really like, I, I thought it was a great show. There's a, there's a lot of plot twists and turns that you don't see coming. I'll, I'll, yeah. That's how I'll chalk it up. Rarely do you feel like you were so twisted, you know, that you didn't see it coming. And I think that was one show that definitely, I know Manifest has been big. I haven't, I haven't watched that. I've been told that'll probably maybe be our next one. Watch, finish up our, start watching Manifest. we got a couple of the shows. Lupin so, we had started, but didn't get to finish yeah. it yet. So there's a lot going on. Yeah, there's, I'm watching, I just started watching the first season because I'm going to try to get into Succession. Succession, is that what it's called okay. on uh, yep. HBO? And then there's another show on Netflix called Seven Days Out. It's like a documentary series where they do follow these big events seven days before the event comes out, like starts, like the Kentucky Derby and the Westminster Dog Show. And it's just kind of interesting to see like the event seven days out, uh, like as they get ready for uh, the event to get bigger. I thought, uh, yeah, that was really good. They should do a show on us getting ready for the Carol Baskin interview and all the prep that has to go into it. (laughs) Wow. (laughs) All right, let's get her on here. We better not make her wait any longer. Yeah? You ready, Adam? I'm ready. I'm I'm ready. Let's do it. Dex, tell us about our guest today. All right. All you cool cats and kittens out there, our guest today has been on Dancing with Stars, and some may call her the Tiger Queen. All right. She's the CEO of Big Cat Rescue. You met her on Netflix's Tiger King, Carol Baskin. Come on in here, Carol. Uh, Carol, thank you for doing the podcast. Thanks for coming on. Where are you right now? So if everyone at home is listening, where, where are you based right now? I am in front of my green screen in Tampa, Florida (laughs) at the sanctuary. And I just ran in from giving a pumpkin to one of our tigers, Aria. So I'm a little windblown. That's why. The tigers like pumpkins. That's a thing. They love tearing stuff up and pumpkins are especially fun to tear up because you can just squish stuff all over the place. So um, we had a pumpkin carving contest for our volunteers and one of the winners just got to be able to put hers out there to see how the cat likes it. (laughs) Great piece of artwork. Now go have a cat destroy it. That sounds pretty fun. How many cats do you have there at your big cat rescue? We have 50 exotic cats. And you guys are currently not open to the public, correct? Yeah, we closed to the public on March 15th of 2020 due to COVID and, or yeah, March the 15th. And then five days later, Tiger King came out and everybody wanted to burn the place to the ground. So we've been closed since then. Wow. Now, in, in, I mean, I hear you saying burn it to the ground, but I feel like there's also got to be a huge part of the population that loves what you're doing and wants to support you and wants to come to Big Cat Rescue. So is there any chance down the road you guys will open back up to the public? It's really at this point, it's more dependent on COVID. And I don't know what Tiger King 2 is going to do. If they continue to try and assassinate my character, then they could have a bunch of crazy people thinking that I did all the horrible things that they implied, which would then put the cats at risk again, which we just can't do. We can't take a chance of somebody poisoning a cat when they're here on a tour. Yeah. So, well, do you think your uh, big cat rescue will eventually open to the public? Or are you nervous about doing it just because of the anger of some people, the 
you know, the Joe Exotic fans might come out and just and support him. I don't know. Like, what, what are your thoughts on all this? My biggest concern right now is COVID because the cats can contract COVID and we don't want to take a risk. In fact, I have my mask right there from all of our people when they're anywhere near the cats wear masks, we're all vaccinated. But I don't know what that lingering fallout is going to be from Tiger King because I think the kind of people who would believe what they saw on TV and then want to kill an animal are just, they're so crazy. There's no way of knowing what they would do or how long they might lurk in the shadows before they tried to do something. So I, I guess I don't even like when, when this was all going on, what kind of threats were happening? I guess I didn't even hear about the threats that you guys were receiving. What's, what were some of the things people were saying? <laughs> I have three hours of people <laughs> screaming obscenities at me on the phone and um, saying that they wanted to kill me. They wanted to kill my family. They wanted to kill the cats. And I could see why people who, abuse animals and use them to support themselves rather than getting real jobs. You can see why those people hate me, but why on earth anybody would want to kill the cats? That's where I would stop and be like, what, why would you want to kill the cats? And most often what I heard was people saying, because they don't belong in cages. And I said, do you not understand who it is that's out there just railing against our current status quo saying these cats don't belong in cages. I've been screaming this since the nineties. And yet, you know, you heard what you heard on Tiger King. You don't know anything about what we're trying to do to end that practice. Yeah. So no, I, I, I want to get into Tiger King, but Adam, you're so good at getting people to tell their backstories. So ask her some more of her backstory for people that may not know Carol as well. I mean, who doesn't know Carol? But <laughs> I love, you know, her husband. Get into all of that. Yeah, well, you are currently married. You and your husband. You guys got married in 2004. Was he a Lion fan, a, a Tiger Queen, a Tiger King? Was he a fan of Tigers as much as you are? Or how did you guys originally meet? Uh, it was funny. He had a Save the Whales magnet on his refrigerator, and that was about the extent of his involvement in animal protection. He thought we should save whales. And he had a friend that was a mutual friend of mine named Mary Hessler Key. She was an author of The Entrepreneurial Cat, which was a book that I just loved. Anyway, she was bringing to Tampa a bunch of people that were working on trying to end the euthanasia of healthy dogs and cats in shelters due to overpopulation. And this had worked in San Francisco. And so she had brought the guy that was behind this, what they called No More Homeless Pets project to Tampa. She got all the animal people together, which included me. And then she got her best friend, who was Howie, to come. And when we came to the event, he and I both ended up there serendipitously, serendipitously an hour before everybody else. And got to know each other as a result of being the only two people in the room. And I just, I loved him immediately. I thought he was just the most amazing person ever. He had a bunch of blind dates lined up for the next three weeks. So he didn't call me for three weeks and I thought he had forgotten all about me. And then finally, after his last blind date didn't work out, he contacted me and it's just been uh, happily ever after since then. And what does Howard do at the sanctuary? Cause I, I you know, I've obviously seen him on the show and all that kind of stuff, but what is his role at the sanctuary? Howard was a Harvard MBA when I met him. He was a bachelor that was in his 50s. 
and he had run a number of small businesses. He had worked at Citibank in a multi-billion dollar real estate um, section that they had working out bank loans during the crisis. And then he had gone on to help these small companies <laughs> and what he's found true of small companies and startups like a sanctuary is, is that you have somebody like me that has like this big vision and we can see it and we go tearing towards it. And we just, you know, we leave in our wake <laughs> this absolute mess. <laughs> and uh, we had been running my real estate business had actually been paying the deficit for the sanctuary for the first 11 years that we had it because I didn't know how to raise money. I didn't know how to ask for money. And so when he came on board, I met him in uh, November the 1st of 2002. And we got engaged November the 1st of 2003. And then we got married, as you pointed out, November 1st of 2004. But within a few weeks of meeting me, he was working here at the sanctuary to try and figure out, you know, what is the strategic plan? And I, my plan has always been to end the captivity of big cats and to save them in the wild. And so we laid out on kind of the, the napkin on the kitchen table kind of a thing, you know, what do you have to do to make this happen? And we had to, at that time, I think we were having to raise something like $3 million a year to take care of the sanctuary so that I could then devote my time to the legislation necessary to end the problem at its root. Um, the biggest thing I would say that he has done over the years has been to get the sanctuary to where it was finally financially sustainable on its own so that I could focus far more of my attention on the legislation. And then as it's been clicking along in the last, I'd say probably the last four or five years, he's been helping me with the legislation and he really runs that show now. I mean, every week he's the one that's getting all of the people and the different animal groups together to work on getting our federal bill passed. And he's just got such a great level of detail and He's so personable and really does well, much better with people than I do. So he has been just, he's been my rock. He's been your rock. But in October 2020, I, I guess you revealed your identity as being bisexual. How does your husband feel about you going public with that? Well, it was no surprise to him. And I didn't think it was a big surprise to anybody else. It was you know, it's never been a part of our relationship. We've always been monogamous since 2002 when we met. But um, I think it, it shocked us both that it was such a big deal to the public mm -hmm. because my answer to the question in Pink Magazine was something to the effect of, um, I forget how they asked the question, but I was saying that I didn't see people by the color of their skin or by their ethnicity or by whether they were male or female, that it was all the same to me. And the only thing they wanted to focus on because of it being Pink Magazine, I think, was my sexuality. And so that became like this media firestorm. So interesting. And it's so true because people latch on to identifications, you know, people. So I'm not surprised that became such a big story, but it's interesting to hear the context that it was asked to you. Um, in regards to, you know, I, I, I want to jump into Tiger King because obviously it has changed your entire life since it aired back um, the beginning of the pandemic. You know, how has your life changed other than becoming a household name? I'm, I'm really thankful that it happened during the pandemic because I think it would have been much more disruptive had we all been doing everything we normally did. Whereas for the first year or so, I wasn't going to restaurants. I wasn't going to you know grocery shopping for the most part. I wasn't going 
anywhere <laughs> except back and forth to work. And going back and forth to work, I was being stopped and that was on my bike. And so I was being stopped constantly by people wanting to do selfies with me. And everybody that I have talked to in person has been just lovely. Nobody has been hateful to me in person. It's only the people who can hide behind a, you know, a screen that say the kinds of things that they do. But I didn't realize that um, things had changed so much until I went out to LA for Dancing with the Stars in August of 2020. And because of COVID, they had flown me by private jet into this little private airport that was really, you know, there's like nobody there. And yet the people that were there all came running out to the plane to when they saw me get off the plane wanting to do selfies. And I thought, surely they would not have like alerted the airport that I was coming because we were trying <laughs> so hard to, you know, kind of keep this quiet. And yet everybody here seemed to have known who I was. And it wasn't until I was, you know, like going into my hotel and stuff like that, that I was like, thinking to myself, this is really weird that people outside of the Tampa Bay area know who I am. That's so funny. What a it weird transition. Weird. Yeah, so weird. So what was there like now? You're able, you know, things are somewhat open, especially in Florida. When you walk around, are people constantly like whispering to each other? Like, oh, there's Carol Baskin. And I mean, how was like, especially in your hometown? Well, I still don't go out much because I am really worried about COVID, even though we're all vaccinated here and we wear masks and we're so careful. I haven't gone back to going out like we don't go to movies. We don't go to restaurants. We don't go and do things in the public. But I have had to do a number of flights back and forth to different places. So I just got back in from L.A. Sunday and I was noticing that um you know, there's a number of people who will come up and want a selfie, but all the people who are like trying to do like this number as you go by, <laughs> <laughs> that just kind of cracks me up and I see people doing it in their cars. And um, so it, it just kind of feels like weird. And when I do, when people do ask for a selfie, I'll always say, would you please not post this on social media for like 15 minutes? Give me time to clear the area. <laughs> Yeah. Are you, but are you, are you usually wearing like a leopard print or a tiger print? Like that's why you're maybe a little bit easier to spot. I try not to, I mean, going back and forth to work, of course, everything that I wear is like that. But when I travel, I actually have like three shirts that are not cat print that I wear when I go out and I put my hair completely up and I have a mask on and all of that. And it's like, people will say, well, I heard your voice, you know, cause I offered coffee and people will be like, is Carol Baskin here? I hear her voice. <laughs> Now, with with this show coming out, obviously, you you kind of mentioned it earlier, you weren't too happy with the way they portrayed you on the show. But that being said, you you have a ton of recognition. Now, if it was to do it all over again, would you say no, I don't want to participate in the documentary? Or would you still have participated? I would still have done it. My family would have said no, <laughs> they absolutely would not have gone through that again. Um, if they had had any idea what it was going to be like for all of us. And even though I still would have done it, I, I would have done it knowing that it would have been so hard for my hand, my family. And I think it was much harder on my family than it was on me. If you can imagine people saying the kinds of things that were being said about me, if they were saying those things about you, you can blow it off and go, that's not who I am and not take it personally. But the people who love you feel like they have to defend you. And I think it, it, it hurts them so much more to have to deal with that. 
But when I say I wouldn't change things, it's not because of how it turned out. It's because I believe everything happens exactly as it's supposed to and that it's always happening for the best, even if we can't see it at the time. So it's just that internal belief that would have made me do it. What was the biggest lie from Tiger King? You know, the one thing that the documentary really got wrong. You know, I, I'm going to try something on you because everybody asked me that. So my guess is that the reason that you guys are wanting to talk to me is because you watched Tiger King and either you or your viewers or your fan base came away believing that I killed my husband and stole money from his family. So for you, what was what was the one thing in Tiger King that indicted me? And then that gives me the opportunity to give you the answer you need for whatever it is that made you think that. Well, the funny part is when I think of Tiger King, I just think the whole thing was so wild and unlike any television that I've ever watched. I didn't walk away personally going, Yes, she killed the husband or anything like that. I just was like, what is happening? We've got like so many characters all over the place. And we've had a, a couple uh, of, uh, you know, the, the, I want to say stars, but the focal points of the show on our podcast. And I think, you know, I just think it's interesting to talk to people um, in regards to indicting you. I don't know, Adam. What, I what, mean, what did they made people think that? Because clearly, people. Well, think I mean, I, I think they the way they laid out the storyline, it, you know, they were very much insinuating. But again, I come from a TV background, and it's you're making a TV juicy. You know, you're enticing people to watch the show more than anything. Yeah, I remember the episode that they kind of went, they kind of focused on you. I feel like each episode kind of focused on some other, some person. The episode they focused on you. You know, it just made you spin a little bit. And, you know, again, I'm just going as a viewer perspective. It was like, okay, Joe's the, you know, the bad person. Then again, they kind of made you seem like the bad person. And then they made you question, did she kill her husband? And then you talk to the family. So it was just this wild, these personalities, but the storyline of what's going on in the South, which is someplace that I think a lot of people forget about. So it was just, I never thought I was like, oh my God, Carol Baskin definitely killed her husband. But it was just like a wild turn of events of, from every person, from Joe to you to what was going on at Jeff um, Lowe to yeah, Jeff mean, Lowe. Everyone, it was like just, every character was just wow. I mean, you couldn't write half these people in a script. I think that's what made them so interesting. I mean, you included. I, I you know, like you are a fascinating person. And so that's why we want to talk to you. So <laughs> that's really what it comes down to for us. Well, this was totally unhelpful because I was really, <laughs> I, know. I, know. I know. If I just ask people, what is it that made you think that in the first place, then I could dispel that. So kind of like you said, there were so many things that made this just crazy all over the place. But if you were to look at just the things in episode three, where they were trying to assassinate my character, the, as far as answering your questions are, what are the biggest lies the biggest lies that were told i think the the biggest lie that was told is that i married a millionaire killed him and took his money from his family when i met don lewis he told me his name was bob martin and that he was working as this kid that drove well kid he was 40 years old but he was um driving vehicles around on a lot for this guy named don lewis and so i thought he was penniless and I fell in love with this 
Bob Martin for like three years before I found out that he was Don Lewis, not Bob Martin. And even when I found out who he was, he had $113,000 worth of property. That was it. He, he, what he did for a living, what the real Don Lewis did for a living was he cut the axles off of trucks, you know, like these big 40 foot yeah. tractor trailers. He cut the axles off, sell the axles back to the company. Uh, I think it was Great Dane he was dealing with at the time. And then he'd get the boxes as his payment for what he did. And he'd sell those storage box, boxes for like $500. So that's what he was doing when I met him. I'm the per and he could read at like a first grade level. I'm the person who built our real estate business up into a multi-million dollar business. And when we got married, we didn't get, you know, they made it sound like I broke up his family. His wife said he had 24 girlfriends in Tiger King, which was a surprise to me. I knew he had some, but I had no idea he had that many. But we had this kind of weird relationship through our entire time together. And the reason was he kept telling me at different times that he and his wife were trying to patch things up. And so we would split up. We were still working together, but we wouldn't be sexual. And what I found out later is he was just having different affairs with different women. He was never trying to work things out with his wife. And then after 11 years, she was just sick of that. And she fell in love with a guy at her church and she wanted to marry him. And she said she wanted a million dollars to just, you know, have a quick divorce and be out of there. And it was worth it to me for her to get a million dollars of the money that we had earned in order to do that. I thought that was fair. They had all of that. Nobody saw any of that in Tiger King because that didn't fit the narrative. That didn't give Joe his righteous indignation at saying all of the horrible things that he said about me. It would have just made him look like the kind of person that he really was, which was not the narrative they were selling. So yeah. bottom line, Carol, you did not or did you kill your husband with all that? <laughs> I did not kill my husband. I was the only person trying to protect my husband. No, he was kidding. Um, so <laughs> going on to now they're going to be doing a Tiger King 2. You are not participating in this. So disappointed you're not doing it, but I understand your reasoning. But I think oh, I know I your reasoning. Hope so. Yeah. <laughs> you do it after that? I, I don't know. I don't. I don't know if you try to set the record straight, or you know, like what you did just did with us. Do you say no? I want this included this time around. You guys cut out some of the most important facts about my life that have made my life. I, I don't want to say hell, but you you've put me through a lot. How can you I know? Is there a chance that? of getting redemption? But but also the good things is, and I thought from the Tiger King one, is like you raised awareness for what was going on in this tiger trading going on in these zoos, which I had no idea existed. So I learned about this trade. So I, you know, I know it was tough for you personally, uh, but, you know, for your for your passion, you know, I I learned about this and I was like, wow, this is pretty wild that what's going on, which people weren't aware of. Well, I'm glad to hear that that was the that that was a result that you got was that you learned about it. And I've kind of, you know, I'm always trying to look for the good and things and how, how this was for the better and thinking maybe this is it. Maybe people just didn't know that this was such a huge problem because it, in my world, it's been like, it's my whole world. This is all yeah. I hear people abusing cats. It's like, how could you yeah. not see this? But clearly people didn't know that this was happening. So I think it did do that. That is the yeah, one. Sure. So do you, do you have any idea of what to expect from this, um, this next Tiger King 2, or if, if this is going to affect your life, or if it's going to just focus on Joe and him being behind bars? 
I know somebody who had been working with them. In fact, this was interesting. There, as you may have seen, there have been a number of people who have trash talked me after Tiger King who've seemed to make it like their career to try and prove that Tiger King was actually an accurate narrative. And this person was actually one of those people. And so she started pulling all of the public records and she started going down and pulling the concert, the, um, we call it a conservatorship. In fact, <laughs> the nice thing about Britney Spears is now everybody knows what a conservatorship is. Very true. So, uh, she was pulling those conservatorship files and she saw all of the, you know, that the girls, the Don's daughters and I had agreed very early on on how things would be done. There was no fighting with us after the first, you know, initial when they tried to take over the the uh, business, I had to go down and have a conservatorship appointed that made me the conservator instead of having the secretary be the conservator. And so we had done that early on. And, and the more of this stuff that she read, the more she was like, I, I think they absolutely got it wrong in Tiger King. And I think you guys need to to review what you've done because all of the evidence proves what she's been saying. And so during a course of she was doing that in June of last year until recently. And she said that they just seem hell bent on trying to further um, anybody they can find that'll possibly say anything negative about me. Those are the people they want to talk to. Those are the people that they're filming. So I really feel like this is going to be just another horrible year of people having the wrong idea about who I am and what I'm trying to do. But my husband said, you know, what's the worst they can do? Make her out to be a serial killer now? It's like you couldn't be any more horrible than they've been. So I feel like at least this time I won't be shocked. I was utterly shocked before because we deal with, with producers all the time and we open our homes and our hearts and our sanctuary to them. We've never charged people to come here before. Tiger King, they could come and film for free. We'd show them everything that they wanted to know, you know, just any way we could possibly help because we wanted to get the message out there that these cats don't belong in cages. And they said they were working on the blackfish for big cats, which was not at all what Tiger King was. And so, you know, I just, I, I think they found something that was very popular and I don't have proof of this, but I was told by somebody in the industry that they sold it for $14 million. So if that's what sells and that's what makes you rich, why would you go back now and say, oh, you know what? We were wrong. They're not going to do that. Yeah. Now they're looking for salacious stories, um, you know, but at the end of the day, you're not the one behind bars as someone else is living a very different lifestyle than he used to be. I mean, at that, like, so I, I think that, you know, as much as the crap that you've been going through, you know, one person's behind bars and you are not that person. So I think that's a, a win in your book. But I do want to know, you ended up selling joe's old zoo now what have they done with that because i know you said there can be no wild cat or cats on this land anymore it can't be another zoo what are they doing with the land i don't know what they're doing with the land i know that from what the realtor told me the best use for that land is as a rv park because it's got such close proximity to the highway and it's very close to the texas um oklahoma order. And so 
my expectation would be that that would be the best thing that they could do with it. The family who bought it is kind of known in the area for going in and buying things that need a lot of work <laughs> and then just kind of piddling around with it and turning it into something else and then reselling it. So that's my expectation. But it's actually written into the deed that it cannot house exotic animals again. It's never going to be a hellhole again. Yeah. What was the worst thing that Joe Exotic did to harass you? I mean, I, I think I do remember him hiring a hitman, but was there anything else, which is probably the worst because he tried to keep, but was there anything else that he really did that really stuck out to harass you? One of the things that he did that I didn't know was as bad as it was, it was until I saw it in Tiger King. And that was, he had um, gone down and hired a helicopter so that he could buzz down close over the sanctuary. And we had a cat at the time who her name was Narla. She was a cougar. And if she heard motorized sounds like we couldn't do lawn mowing or weed whacking around her, everything had to be done by hand anywhere near her because she would go into a seizure and she was old. And this was like toward the end of her life. And as this helicopter is going around, of course, we went running out to make sure she was okay. And we actually took video of the poor cat just having a horrible seizure because of the helicopter scaring her half to death. And then in Tiger King, that was where you saw his husband, John Finley, saying, yeah, Joe was talking about wouldn't it be fun to drop grenades in glass jars down on the sanctuary from a helicopter like this. And so for me, that was just terrifying because that would be the kind of thing I would have expected him to do. He, I just don't think he has any kind of um, appreciation for life of any kind. And to to know that it's so easy for somebody to violate this safe and sacred space that we have for these cats and do so much harm was really terrifying. Are you on good terms with anyone that was featured in that show at this point? Brittany Pete from Vita. Yeah. We're on like speed dial with each other. Uh, Joshua Dial reached out to me a couple of times and then he was mostly asking for money. And of course I wasn't going to give him money. And then he got like really crazy saying that, you know, all of his phone messages with me had been recorded and I'd been sharing them all over the internet. And I'm like, what are you talking about? None of that happened. And so I just blocked him. How did Jeff Lowe make his money? <laughs> he has a rap sheet for how he made his money. Um, Jeff Lowe first came up on my radar when he was in Beaufortville, South Carolina. And it was because there was a newspaper article talking about him running a zoo out of a flea market at the airport. And then the more I started looking into this guy, the county was, um, I forget what was happening, but the county was saying, you know, we don't think we should have tigers in the airport at this flea market. And what does the public think about this? And so I wrote in saying, you know, there's absolutely no reason for people to be doing this kind of thing. And then there were stories in the paper about him apparently ripping off some charity. Um, and I don't really know how it was that he was doing that. I don't know all of the details of that, but if you Google Jeff Lowe and charity fraud, I think you'll probably find it. And then there were other allegations that were being made about him selling clothing that he said belonged to Prince and Prince, there are people saying, no, that really wasn't his. And so I just don't know how it is he manages to come up with large sums of money when he wants to. 
I can see with the cub petting how these people make a lot of money really fast, but with him not having cubs anymore or any of his exotic animals anymore, it makes me wonder if he still has that capacity to generate funds. Like I was reading in the paper that he's being evicted by Cheryl Scott, the woman who he had gotten to back him with his move to Thackerville and that he owes her, I think, $10,000 in back rent, the article said. And so I don't know if if he has the capacity to go out and just drum up $10,000 without being able to exploit animals or how he does that. Um, I, I, I wanted to give her- to be looking into so many of these people. It's like, where is their money coming from? Yeah. Yeah, I'm with you in life. I just wonder how people have money. I don't know how this, I'm in New York City. I don't know how these people live. So it's, it's not just these people, it's everywhere. <laughs> I wanted to get, so you've got a podcast yourself, correct? And it's called uh, Carol Baskin's Diary. What, yes. what do people, uh, what do you talk about on your podcast? Is it a discussion? Is it about your, your rescue? What, it, what is your podcast about? Well, there's actually two. There's the Cat Chat Show, which was a podcast where I would interview other people who were involved in cats, um, people that were protect, protecting big cats, little cats, uh, cat whispers, you know, all those kind of things. And then that show, I hadn't uh, interviewed anyone <laughs> since COVID. And so it just recently was picked up by two of my volunteers that are now starting to interview people on Zoom. And so the Cat Chat Show has now resumed. They've got, I think, three episodes under their belt for season three. But my diary, the reason that I put my entire diary out there is because so many people were saying that I wasn't being forthright about what I knew about Don's disappearance. And I have kept a diary since I was a child. And so I thought, you know what? I'll just put it all out there and people can make up their own minds because the media seems to have been very um, selective in what they will post. Like even when Carol Baskin's cage fight was announced, I saw so much press where the press was trying to say, oh my God, I can't believe she's got her own show. I mean, isn't this horrible? And it's like, they haven't even seen the show yet. And if it proves all of the crap they've been saying about me for the past year and a half was wrong, I can see why they don't want to give it any kind of credit. And so if they're going to be out there saying all kinds of things about me that aren't true or taking things out of context, which is mostly what's done, then I'm just going to give everybody who cares access to all of the context and they can make up their own minds. I'm curious who was the biggest celebrity that reached out to you, either supporting you or is a big fan of you. Did someone reach out, get in your DMs, get in touch, get in touch with your representation uh, that was very cool or surprised you? Yes. And I can't talk about it, but I, like, what I can tell you is somebody reached out to me and said, I have this group of celebrities and we meet, or before COVID, we would meet every, I forget what day it was, but they would meet once a week and they'd all get together and they'd talk about what it was like to live their lives. Because apparently, and I can see why now, why celebrities run around in dark glasses and scarves and ducking, you know, like they're running from the law from one place to another, because it's just, it, it, it's... <laughs> It's overwhelming to just be constantly surrounded by people. And so it gave them a place where they could talk to each other. And um, this person contacted me and said, 
you are, you have no idea after Tiger King came out, they said, you have no idea what the press is going to do to you. They're going to be horrible to you. These people have already lived through what you're about to endure. And they want you to come onto our Zoom meetings because they've moved their thing to Zoom now because of COVID. Um, so that they can just let you know that they've got your back and that, you know, it's not, you, you should, you're going to live through it. You, you need to live through it because it's just, it's going to be a nightmare. And there were 21 or 22 people on that call. And I'd say there was probably only like three of them that were sports figures that I didn't know who they were. And I was just amazed to be in a group of people who were so well known and who were so loving. Every one of them was, with one exception, was just, they couldn't have been nicer. And more helpful and saying, you know, never read the news stories. Don't read the comments. Don't, don't listen to the things people are going to say about you because it's, it's going to kill you if you do. And so it was really good advice. And I can't thank them enough for coming out so quickly to try and help me through that. That is so interesting. I have never heard of this famous circle of people that support each other. I think that's really cool. Um, was it mostly like actors and actresses and stuff? Or are these singers? Is it just a little bit of everyone? Uh, everything you've mentioned so far was in there. <laughs> it wow. was it was phenomenal. Now, are we talking like A-list stars of people that are basically, you know, constantly being bombarded by fans and photographers and stuff? Or, yeah, yeah. the biggest names. That is so interesting. I, I like the idea of them getting together to support. And it's interesting that they would let someone into their group that was just starting out on this this riot of fame yeah i think i think that took a lot of trust on their behalf and that's why i've never revealed who they were or even the person who put this all together mm -hmm. because i felt like that was such an amazing thing that they did that i wouldn't want to blow that for them yeah no and what's jennifer garner like in real life on a zoom meeting no i'm just kidding <laughs> 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 Very cool. Who, Very cool. Who was the one person when you did Dance with the Stars? Uh, not your fellow dancer, the, your partner, but who was the was there one person when you were on the cast that you kind of really bonded with, who you kind of feel like you got a really good friendship out of? It wasn't the cast so much as one of the producers, Dina Katz. Um, she was the person who had asked me to be on the show, and she just did everything that she could from the very beginning throughout the entire thing to make it known to me that I was part of the family. And as recent as just yesterday, we were exchanging emails still. So fun. Was that a pretty good experience that like you, did you walk away loving that experience? Cause that was kind of the first time we had seen you outside of the Tiger King realm, you know, and doing something on a public forum like that. Did you enjoy it? I limped away from it. <laughs> because that's the hardest thing I've ever done. Those people are real athletes. And it, you know, it was, it really physically was the hardest thing I've ever done. But as far as the emotional impact of it, it was fantastic. Everybody there was just so amazing and so kind. And, you know, these are real stars that were there. I'm kind of like a celebrity by accident. This was never anything that I sought to be or had any any desire to hobnob with people in in that world 
my I've been like laser focused on ending the abuse of big cats and didn't feel like that was something that could help me so much there. But I think it turned out helping me an awful lot because it did give me the opportunity to talk about the issues. And that was part of the contracting that I did with Dina before going on to the show was saying, you know, I want to be able to talk about these things. And I think what they did that helped me the most was they have access to so much um, publicity and they would set up what they call radio tours and print tours and media tours where they'd have like 10 different reporters in a row that would come in and ask me questions and do their tapings and then leave. And so by being able to reach out to so many of these different outlets and talk about the the ones that I felt like got the worst part of the deal in Tiger King, which were the actual tigers, then that made it worth all of the <laughs> blood, sweat, and tears that went into trying to learn how to dance and the humiliation of realizing that <laughs> I could not be taught to dance. <laughs> all right, guys, we got to talk about Herd App Media, our network. I feel like we are adding new shows on daily. we got a couple really good ones. And if you like Hollywood Raw, I think you might like some of these other ones. So, Adam, tell them what else we got on the network. Yeah, we got X Appeal with Jen Lommers, the host of Extra, and Julian Marlin. They used to hook up, but now they're friends. Interesting, weird dynamic, but they make it work, and they're hosting a show together. It's great. Offer Chops, hosted by Australian professional wrestlers and best friends Cassie Lee and Jesse McKay. And if you want something a little different, we got the Giles Files with Nancy Giles. She's an award-winning contributor to the CBS News Sunday Morning. And listen, if you want to find something completely different, check out my other show, Pod Sauce. I host with Alicia Renee. It is a podcast discovery show, so we're just literally recommending great podcasts out there. And you know what? There's so many more huge shows that are joining Herd App Media. They've got national audience, household names, receiving hundreds of thousands of weekly downloads. Everyone seems to be joining us. We're kind of the new cool place to go. Yeah, Herd App Media Network has to be one of the fastest growing networks in terms of audience growth in 2021. Go to HerdAppMedia.com. That's HerdAt, H-U-R-R-D-A-T, Media.com to check out our network, or you can click the link in the show notes to find out more. Now, back to the show. Well, I have a question for you. Are you on TikTok? Yes. You are. Do you, you've become such a pop culture phenomenon that, you know, obviously last year was filled with Tiger King costumes for Halloween and people talking about you guys left and right. I want to play some of the most viral TikToks that center around Tiger King and get your re uh, your response to them. Are you down to play? Sure. All right. All right. This first one comes from it's Ryan pa Pownall and it's uh, him running into Joe Exotic in Las Vegas. All right, so this is one of the most viral videos on TikTok. Let's fucking go! Yes! Yes, Joe! Fuck yeah! Fuck yes! Did he not know that was an impersonator? <laughs> I would I mean, yeah, I mean, now you know he's in jail, but that was that guy looked pretty good. He looked pretty good. Um, Sounded but, like him too. But I guess my what I want to know is what are your thoughts about someone, you know, freaking out that much, thinking it's Joe? Like that, if Joe was walking down the street, he might get that reaction. Does that just burn you inside? Well, it it really makes me wonder why it is that people. Because surely everybody who watched Tiger King came away from it knowing that he's in jail 
for two counts of murder for hire and 17 counts of wildlife trafficking and killing five healthy tigers to make room for five more that he wanted to board for a circus. And yet people see that as somebody that they want to emulate. They want to dress up like him. They want to see him in Las Vegas and put that on TikTok. I, I don't understand what it is in our society that makes that kind of person, the kind of person anybody would want to associate with. Well, in my honesty, I would dress up just because he's so crazy. Because I've dressed up as a lot of crazy people for Halloween. <laughs> Doesn't mean you like them. Just means you want to dress up because they're out of this world. All right. This next one comes from Tommy. Go ahead, Adam. Yeah, it's uh, at Tommy uh, J. Rose. It's uh, a young girl talking about how all the Tiger King cast has relationships, but she's single. So you're telling me this man had five wives at the same time. She was married to a multimillionaire, and this man was married to two straight men. And I'm single? <laughs> is, it, is it funny to like have people know all this business and be able to make TikToks? Like that one has tons of views on it. Wow. Well, I mean, it, it shows, again, the false narrative that people believe. They believe that my husband was the millionaire, that I married the rich guy. And, you know, her implication is, how did this ugly old broad marry a multimillionaire? And it's like, I made us multimillionaires. That's how. All right. We got two more. Uh, let's let's see. More. We got Kyle Kapanar. I think I'm saying this. Reacting to the fact that the Big Cat Rescue followed him on TikTok. All right. I'll be fucked up if you can't be right. Carol Baskin. <laughs> he was stoked. He was stoked he got a follow from you guys. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, All right. Last it, one. We got, uh, let's do one more. Uh, we got Love Beef. TikToker's mom looks exactly like Carol Baskin. There. <laughs> All these people talking about you, it's, it's got to be such a weird lifestyle. It is weird. All right, so yeah. I got one more. I got, I got to do one more. This is by Ryland. This guy has been getting tons of views. He dressed up like you doing one of your voiceovers, all right? Hey, all you cool cats and kittens. It's Carol Baskin. Just took a kitty cat ride around my kitty cat, meow, meow, kitty cat lake. And I just want to thank everybody for being a supporter of the Big Cat Kitty Cat Rescue. Now, uh, order of business, we stopped feeding live rabbits to the big cats, so that's a big improvement. <laughs> and also, I did not kill my husband. <laughs> you know, that Saturday Night Live piece that the young woman did where she talked like that guy? apparently that became what everybody believes I talk like. And so I do a lot of cameos and people are like, oh, could you talk like that? And it's like, I, I can't even imitate her. <laughs> yeah, how, how crazy is your cameo doing now? It's is, done is it going really, really well. well. How, yeah. many, how many videos are you doing a week, would you say? I think I've done something like 3,400, 3,600 of them. 3,600 cameo videos? Yeah. Oh my, are you one of the most popular people on Cameo then? 
I think I must be because they have assigned me one of my, my own handler and they're always offering all kinds of like, every time they try anything new, they want me to try it to see if it, <laughs> if it'll stick or not. Wow. Um, so it, it's and what, really what's nice. the craziest request you get from people? An awful lot of requests that I get are people wanting me to make fun of the fact that my husband's missing. And I just, I decline all of those. Yeah, that's There's nothing so funny about that. And yet it blows my mind that people would, would even ask for me to, to say things that were so hateful toward other people or toward my own family. Yeah. Yeah. Um, we had one last TikTok. Uh, this one got a ton. I'm, I'm assuming you've seen this one. This one was the Caleb Jackson. This one is the viral sound. Let's see. Have you seen this one? Carol Baskin killed her husband, whacked him. Can't convince me that it didn't happen. Venom to tigers, they snacking. What's happening? Carol Baskin. That one got a lot of play. Had you ever seen that one? I've seen it, but I didn't know if he was the guy, the guy dancing to it. Is he also the guy that sang it? I don't know that. All I know is that one was the one that probably picked up the most steam out there because of the way he's dressed, his dancing, the, the track. I mean, I got to think, th does any of it even make your skin crawl anymore? Or is it like you've got skin tough as leather and you just move along with your life? I... <laughs> It doesn't make my skin crawl. It makes me wonder about humanity. Um, one of the, and there have been so many people on Cameo that want me to sing that song. It's like, I don't even know the words to that song. But <laughs> one of the nice things in Dancing with the Stars was Derek, Derek Huff, one of the new um, judges, actually did his version of that that was all about dancing instead of about killing my husband, which I thought was really sweet of him to kind of recouch that for me. Oh, that's nice. That's good. Uh, obviously, Halloween's around the corner. Uh, we want you to rate the Celebrity Tiger Halloween costumes, 1 to 10. Obviously, 10 being the best. Uh, we have a few celebrities that have done some costumes. Uh, some good. Uh, some pretty decent. Yeah, so let's start the first one. We got Kelly Ripa and Ryan Seacrest. Oh, nope, sorry. Let me – that was – here we go. Oh, one wow. To 10. Yeah, what do you think of that's theirs? A <laughs> that's a 10. Yeah, you okay. give it a 10? Yeah. It is a pretty good one. Yeah. <laughs> right down to the bullet holes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. We got uh, Jason Aldean and his family. So let me find that one real fast. Here we go. Look at, look yeah, at the little really Carol good. Baskin. Aww. That's actually really good. Uh, he's that's even so got the good. knee brace. Yeah. I mean, that it's got to be good. a little bit flattering with all these people dressing up as you, right? Like, this is pretty cool. Well, like you said earlier, I don't know when people are dressing up as me if it's a compliment or if it's an insult because you dress up like Satan. So, you no, know, you, I think <laughs> I think you also have to look at it. You are so famous that Tiger King became one of the most popular shows on television during quarantine that everyone knew who you were. So whether they like you or don't like you, your image is insanely popular. So, you know, you want to dress as a costume. Yes, that when you walk down the street, everyone knows what you are dressed as. That's a big deal. But if that was you, how would you feel about that? Oh, bring it on, Carol Baskin. Really? Dress up as me for Halloween. That means I'm doing something right. Yeah, but they wouldn't well, know it's you. They would... doing... 
Yeah. Right. It, here's the thing: if someone dressed up as Dax for Halloween, they would think it's Lance Bass. Like, oh, there's <laughs> Lance Bass. So they're not really dressing up. Like, oh, they're no like, oh, it's Dax. But yes, I, 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 I think it's out of love because they were just such a fan of the series, and you know, and you. I think it's more of a compliment that, like, again, I go back to the thing that you kind of what I felt. What, I got out of the experience was raising awareness. So I think it's like showing homage to this experience I had during the pandemic that I enjoyed watching this series with my family. So it's, it's, I think it's pretty cool. I don't know. That's just me. I agree. I, I, I agree. But I'm also someone who doesn't dive deep into that kind of stuff. Like I, you know, I, I look at like, I've dressed up as carrot top. I don't have any feelings about carrot top, good, bad, whatever. He's just so recognizable that it was a costume that I knew that I could pull off. I yeah. dressed up as Chris Angel. I don't care either way. He's just a very recognizable person, and that's why I pulled off his costume. I don't know. Wait, we got we, we have another celebrity that dressed right. up uh, paying homage to the Tiger King, uh, Jimmy Fallon. Okay. <laughs> forgot the bullet holes but pretty close <laughs> all right we got rob Lowe. wow he's, he's got the face down a little bit yeah he does yeah, kind of creepy look at that one yeah. to ten what would you rate this i'd give it an eight I'd, i've never seen joe in that shirt and i've never seen a domestic animal that was willing to help <laughs> <me>. <laughs> oh i like it i like it all right I think I got one last one. Jade and Tanner, they're from uh, the Bachelor Bachelorette franchise. Here's their family. It's pretty good. I like the kids' costumes as tigers. Those are pretty believable. I'd probably give them about a nine. <laughs> we got one more. We got like, oh, one of the biggest people in the world that paid homage. Kim K and Jonathan dressing up as uh, as you with all the tigers and Joe Exotic. That's a lot of tigers, right? <laughs> <laughs> bless her heart <laughs> so yeah Kim Kardashian and Jonathan Chabin they did uh paid homage what would you I mean that's the biggest star in the world you know dressing up as you I mean that's got that's that's an ultimate compliment in my opinion I mean that means she's a fan uh, to, uh, to a certain extent like she acknowledges you as a person and it's a fun like I again she enjoyed you uh, she set a visual standard that I will never be able to attain however <laughs> No one can. No one can. That's just what she does. She takes everything to the next level. Yeah, I think it's really. Again, I look back and you know, I was so. I I I I said this earlier in the podcast. I think what the pot, the Tiger King did was bring out what was going on in the South in this crazy soap opera storyline that had so many turns that made you question who is the good person, who is the bad person. We actually found out who the bad people were because the bad people are obviously in jail. So, you know, obviously they, they did something that they were found guilty on. Um, but it's, uh, again, I think most importantly, I found out about this tiger trade that was going on amongst these people. So I, I thank you for kind of bringing that to awareness. Obviously we all like these big cats and we want them, we want the best for them. And I think that's your mission. So and I appreciate on, what you're doing. Yeah. On that note, Carol, where can people, if they want to support, the big cat rescue where where can they go where can they donate money where can they help you out because obviously people can't visit right now and that's one way to kind of help you take care of these cats because i know they're expensive so where could people donate money 
if your audience is in the United States, the way people can help the most is not through money. It's through roaring out to protect these cats. We have a federal bill before Congress right now. It has over 220 co-sponsors in the House. We have, I think, over 34 in the Senate. And it will pass this year if they hear from enough constituents. And so if people go to bigcatact.com, they can send a tweet, they can send an email, or they can do something really scary for people. Hey, it's Halloween. Bring on your fears, right? Call Congress. Ask them to support the Big Cat Public Safety Act. Okay. It's funny. If people are hearing they don't have to donate money, I think you're going to get even more people supporting. (laughs) They're like, what? I don't have to donate money? This is great. Uh, so where can where can people find you, Caroline? I know that uh, you've got your Instagram, you got a TikTok, you got Facebook, Twitter. Um, are all your handles Carol Baskin Cat on all of those platforms? Uh, it's all Carol Baskin or Carol Baskin Cat. I didn't have social handles for myself other than Facebook before Dancing with the Stars, and they wouldn't let me use the corporate account, so I had to set up personal accounts but I am lousy on social media. If you want to reach me, the best way to reach me is through our website at bigcatrescue.org. That was fun. Yeah. You know what? She She's very just like chill the whole very time. Very chill. chill. <laughs> the you fact know, that you asked her if she killed her husband, my God, Adam. Dude, trying to get I us- mean, that's, no, I'm just trying to make clickbait. I'm just trying to make an Instagram <laughs> post. That's all it is. I'm not, I mean, that's all I was trying to do. Let's be real. I was just trying to make – first of all, that story went for like 10 minutes, 15 minutes. So I was like, okay. And I was like, okay. So at the end of the day, I was like, so did you kill your husband? Just tell me that, and I'll believe it. I'm like, all right. <laughs> no, nah, she, she was really nice, very sweet. You could tell that uh, all this, you know, I would say unwanted attention uh, has been pretty brutal on her. That's kind of what I was getting. Like she was affected through so much hate you know, yeah. for, for the last year and a half or however long, whenever that show came out that, you know, that can't be easy because they did really paint her as the villain in that, even though Joe exotic hired a hitman and, you know, had all these animals in cages, she somehow became the villain. She became, but everyone was a villain. And then the thing is, I think everyone was guessing who was the bad person. Who That's was a that? good point. Everyone was a villain, but I think she looks at it as she was the only villain. You know that's what I'm saying? She because she's she's the one that's getting the brunt of a lot of the hatred. I mean, we saw that guy in the TikTok video who's freaking out over someone looking like Joe Exotic. And, you know, I, I don't know if she gets those kind of reactions like he would if he walked down the street. Yeah. No, I um, I from my experience from watching, I guess my takeaway from watching Tiger King, it was, you know, the only person that was found guilty in a court of law is Joe Exotic, and he's in jail. You know, Jeff Lowe is still sort of out, like sort of running around, kind of getting, still getting into trouble. She, Carol, is the one who got in Dancing with the Stars and was able to make money on it. Um, still, I don't know, it's weird, but I think that's what it was more of like a mystery of who's guilty who's not and who's the real person at fault and at first you thought carol in the beginning of tiger king you thought carol was innocent and then it made you question was she guilty or did she have anything to do with the murder of her husband which she says she didn't she talked about it for 20 minutes about how she you know she had evidence behind it the funny part she was like what did you like what made you think and at I'm literally like, girl, I didn't pay that much attention. I just like sit back and zone out and watch a show unfold in front of me. I yeah. really don't analyze I don't, shit that much. <laughs> I wasn't fingerprinting, but it was like, listen, it's a crazy story why he left yeah. and stuff. So you have to 
you know, I guess if you're really uh, an, a detective, you're like, hey, she could be a reason why he left. We don't know. But what we do know is Carol was fun on the show. Thank you guys for listening. Make sure you like and subscribe. Uh, the best thing you do to support this podcast is leave a review, five star only. If you do that, you know, you say a few words, we'll actually like read your your stuff on air. Um, make sure you follow the Hollywood Raw podcast on Instagram, TikTok, Twitter, Facebook. We're on it all. We have a private Facebook group. Dax, tell us about this. We do. It's called. Uh, so if you go to our Facebook group, you search Hollywood Raw find it and then one of the subcategories is off the record so you can join the private facebook group we'll be jumping in there answering questions with you guys we'll read some of your stuff here on the air if you got questions for celebs that kind of stuff so join the private facebook group facebook group off the record that's for our like true listeners like the people that really really love the podcast those those are the people that are going to be in there you can connect back and forth with them so that's it that's what we got for now so you can follow adam glenn on on ig facebook all of that at adam glenn you can find me at dax holt uh until next time guys that's it all you cool cats and kittens out there have a good one a huda media production